Hi everyone, it's Joseph Harwood and I'm bringing you my podcast experience, Agitprop Interviews. I fell in love with podcasts after finding out how relaxing and interesting they could be. In this series, I will be sharing stories. I will be delving into different facets of what I'm interested in, from food to lifestyle to travel to spirituality, and I'm very excited to share this from an LGBT perspective. Please enjoy them. They're always peppered with things that make me a little bit more curious, and hopefully they'll make you a little bit more curious too. Today's podcast is with the founder of the incredible new makeup line, Guide Cosmetics. I had the opportunity to talk to the wonderful Terry Bryan about her personal journey and why she started this incredible ergonomical new range. And we did this actually live on Instagram, so you can see the full IGTV version on Instagram. I thought I'd add it to the SoundCloud just so people can see some more updates about what's been going on, because I hope to be doing this as a live series coming up. Please enjoy and let me know what you think. Hi, guys. Oh my god, I've got to do all this magical stuff, so bear with me. So, hi everyone, are you all doing okay? The wonderful... Hi guys, I'll be one second. I'm just going to put a comment at the top. We can try the best. Um, Is everyone doing okay? Hey Adele, how are you? Hey Georgia. Are you all okay? Hi guys, bear with me by the way, because you know me, I've got the hands of a cyclops and and the same version. Okay, let's try that. Right, have I put that right? And then now I can pin it. Hey Heather. Hello Pippa, how are you? Is it Pippa? <laughs> it might be one or someone else on the team. Hi guys. So I'm going to be doing an interview today with the wonderful founder, Terry Bryan, of the gorgeous, gorgeous Guide Beauty Cosmetics. And it's a really interesting story. So I'm going to try and do a good job. So if you guys have any questions as we go, um, let me know. But I will try and ask her to um, be a part. So let's have a look. <laughs> this is going to be like a disaster, isn't it? Because... <laughs> How does one actually invite someone to the convo? Does anyone know? <laughs> I'm gonna try. I'm not even sure what I'm doing, so we'll try. So the lovely people at Guy Cosmetics are fabulous. Um, and we've been chatting for a while about these gorgeous products, which I'll show you as we go. And the interview will continue talking about the, the story of the brand. Thank you so much. I'm a bit blocky today because this jacket's a bit oversized, but I quite like it. Now, if anyone knows how I invite someone to be a part of this, <laughs> um, does anyone know? Let's try. Here we go. There. Guide. Go live with guide. Some okay. Let's see if this works. I've got my magical. Hi, Terry. Yay. <laughs> Hi, we're live. How are you? It's good. How are you? I still wanted to help you, but I was sitting here trying to push buttons, and I'm like, I don't, I don't actually know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got so that. Nice see you. Yeah. I'm so excited to interview today. So thank you so much for joining me on my channel. Hopefully, as things go on, people will ask questions. But yeah. I've written some down, and we can just go in a conversational way of doing this. If that's okay. Love it. Love it. That, firstly, how are you doing during lockdown? Are you okay? Is your family yeah. okay? Yeah, thank you for asking. We're, we're doing okay. It's, uh, you know, I've got my husband and my parents live with us and we have the dog and we're all just 
hunkering down together. So we're, we're hanging in. How about you? Yeah, it's going really well, thank you. I'm with my family in England and my partner's in France. So we're in a bit of a strange predicament at the moment, but we've got homes in both countries, so we've got to do what we can do. But yeah, it's okay at the moment. <laughs> Hopefully things will calm down in the UK and then Absolutely. we can open things up. Yeah. <laughs> so you are a legendary makeup artist and you've worked in the industry for a long time. How did you get your start? So um, a lot of fortunate moments, I think, sort of presented themselves along the way. You know, I knew when I was very young that this is the world I wanted to live in. I think, you know, I always say that, uh, it's funny, I always say I was an awkward kid. I now realize I'm still an awkward adult. It just doesn't matter to me anymore. <laughs> but, but I kind of, you know, I, I turned to makeup. I, I played with makeup. I, I grew a lot of my self-confidence came from makeup. And I just, it was something I took to and I kind of honed my craft and I spent a lot of time with it. Um, and I always knew I wanted to become a makeup artist. And then I went to school for elementary and special education. And I went to my first training. And when I went to that training, like my whole world just lit up. I was like, okay, well, I, this is like, now I want both. I want to yeah. make up artistry. And, you know, we know, right? Like it's, it's a form of artistry. And, and, you know, it's one thing to understand the steps and it's something so different to execute them. And I saw so many people sit in my chair still struggling when I was trying to teach them that when I saw that there was this way that you could help people learn, I just gravitated towards it. So um, I moved to New York City as soon as I could. And I just, I started working as an artist and I just kind of badgered people. I just, anybody who would listen, I just said, if you, if you hear of anything in education, just give me a shot, give me a shot, give me a shot. And finally somebody gave me a shot and I was able to, fortunately I was able to continue to do both my loves, both as a makeup artist and in the education world. And uh, for about 25 years, I've been doing it. I think that ties in so well with the story of Guy, which I'll ask about in a minute. But I'm intrigued but because you've worked with so many brands like Dior, Chanel, Steeler, Smashbox. How did that journey, like what, what, where, what was that route? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Well, when I was in New York, so um, yeah, I, I was working uh, as a makeup artist and, you know, it was a, a nice living, but it wasn't enough for New York City. And so I also knew I wanted to get into education. So I went to Saks Fifth Avenue and I got a job behind the counter, which was a great opportunity to start telling people I wanted to get into education. Christian Dior was the first company to give me a chance. Um, I had the artistry background. I didn't have an education background um, in cosmetics, but I had a degree from college with elementary and special education. So um, that's kind of why they gave me that shot. And I was fortunate because I was by the LVMH Towers. I had access to our head of um, artistry and education there, who was kind enough to kind of take me under her wings. And I just, I just loved everything about it. And I thought I'd stay there. You know, you, when you love where you're at, you're like, I'm never leaving. I'm staying here forever. Nobody can tell me otherwise. And then, <laughs> then I got a call from, um, I was at Happy in New York, got a call from, a, at the time, a little known brand called Smashbox. And they were this incredibly cool company that like, nobody had ever seen. There were no West Coast brands at the time. Like in, in, you know, in the US, everything was East Coast. And they yeah. had a great authentic story to tell. They had this powerhouse team of people who loved what they were doing, but they didn't have a formalized education program and they needed somebody to sort of cover both ends, the artistry and the, and the education. And it was an opportunity to move to California and build it from the ground up. Um, and so again, another really like, when do you get those opportunities in life? And it, so it, it presented itself and I just went running. Um, and then it just, it just kept going from there. So I think that gave me access to a whole new world and more brands like Josie Marin and Temp2. And so, yeah, I think, again, I think it's just relationships and timing 
played a huge part, I think, in, in uh, sort of the, the, the movement my career took. So was, um, was that the kind of genesis of when social media started? Because I remember when Tem2 began um, to introduce themselves to bloggers and they were one of the first brands that I thought, wow, they're actually collaborating with people. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, early days when I was starting. There was none, none of this. No. Right? <laughs> like this was it was a totally different world. Um, and it's funny because right, I think Temp Two, it was it was certainly authentic for Temp Two to do that because they were a brand that started with, you know, in, in the industry. They were working with professionals first. It wasn't sort of this sort of, it wasn't the reverse, right? So it made sense yeah. for them to to make those connections. It was their community. It was their authentic community. And then behind it comes social media and this whole sort of movement, realizing you could, you could connect with people. And I sort of, sorry if I'm all over the place, but I, I was realizing the other day that it's kind of always been the same thing. It's just how we're connecting. Like back in the day, you would connect with somebody at a makeup counter or you would go next door you know, with a cup of coffee and find out what you know, your friend next door was wearing for their latest lipstick. And it's now it's the same sort of thing. It's just you're connecting to people who might be reaching an audience of, you know, 5,000, 50,000, 100,000, whatever it is. It's just, it's just how we're connecting that changed. But yeah, this is all, all a different world than it was when I... I find it really interesting. I'm going to ask you because with the beauty industry and coming up on social media myself, but I have my foot in the door from both ends because I was a model before I became a social yeah. media person. So I thankfully knew the brand PRs to hook me up when I first started, but they were so snobbish about social media at the very beginning. And I'm wondering, because you've worked on both sides of the US, New York is very fashion week and very focused on that. And then LA is more celebrity driven where influencers play a big part in. So yeah. do you think seeing the difference between the two kind of taught you about how to blend both of those elements together within your work? Such a good question, so much, because, you know, I'd come from sort of this, I feel like, you know, maybe a little bit more of an old school, sort of very conservative approach. Um, and it was, again, it was very, you know, fashion weekend, but it was very sort of formalized. And there were these large companies. Yeah. <laughs> when I got to LA, I mean, I remember sort of one of my first first jobs um, and, and I was actually at Smashbox and I, I'd walked in and I was like, at the time, everybody wore um, pantsuits. So <laughs> like big shoulder pads and I had like my hair slicked back and my big red lips and like my high heels. And I felt pretty good about myself that day. And I remember somebody calling me in and saying, um, you're not in New York anymore, honey. You're, you're, you're in LA. And so like, take it down a notch, <laughs> relax a little. Like, it's a Have little, a joint. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, really relax, honey. It's good. Yes. And so I was like, okay. And, but it was probably a good lesson to sort of pay attention to the environment around you and learn that sometimes people don't want to connect in such a formalized way. And so, and there might have been a little snobbery on both sides of, of the coast, right? Like one side might have thought it was a little bit better than the other, but eventually they merged. And I think we're all kind of ultimately doing things the same way. I think we've all kind of learned that um, it is about community. It is about connections. So some of the things that we used to do, we're not, nobody's buying into that anymore, right? That's right. And I think people who focus so much on like the trending yeah. thing, are, they're distancing themselves from the audience that really want to see their favorite thing work for them there's almost like a barrier between how people can see themselves in a, in a brand and how people have really adapted social media to reflect that especially with the approach from brands where they've used digital influencers and so on to really share what their products look like on real people not on supermodels yeah well it's so interesting i was actually having this conversation not so long ago about how 
companies used to market and all this sort of these meetings that I would go into. Sorry, I'm going to put my glasses back on because I'm realizing I that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep the ring light out, but it's not working. Um, <laughs> but like you'd sit in these rooms and they'd be like, it's time to define our customer. It's time to define our audience. And it was always the same person. It was always um, her name is. Um, she's around this age. She drives this type of car. She lives in this location. Like it was so tuned down to literally one human being. And then every decision was like, is this what, you know, Amy would like? Is this what Amy would buy? Is this what Amy would wear? Is Amy going to respond to that? And, I, and looking at it now, with as much as the world has changed, as, as the awareness is growing, it's kind of insane that that was the approach. How less inclusive can you be than saying yes. <laughs> every decision based on one imaginary human being and what they may or may not like? And I feel like the shift is more about like, what is a community? What is a group of people? Why don't we cast the, the widest you know, net possible and then create from that space? Because you're going to get a better product and process and you know, a more authentic world when you do it that way. But it's just not the way it was done for so long. It was, it's, uh, and none of us knew to question it at the time. Certainly not my younger self. I was like, okay, this is how we do it. I guess we're going to do it Absolutely. this way. <laughs> I think as well, because you have such a background in teaching and when you teach someone something, there's not this sort of, it's not inaccessible to learn something. You just have to change the approach for that person. Like I always go back to my mom and me because my mom, she would be the ideal candidate for a makeup marketing thing, but she can't do makeup. She can't put on an eyeliner. She can't put mascara on without poking herself in the eye. So it's like, I always think like, how does that like the difference between me as an artist that's not being sort of marketed to versus my mom who wouldn't know what to do with half the stuff. So it's interesting because with your brand, Guide Beauty Cosmetics, there's so many innovative ways of using the products. And I wanna hear a little bit about what led you to design them, because they're these beautiful ergonomic tools, as you guys can see on the screen. Um, what, what was the story behind designing this line? Yeah, so, you know, I've been, I was hap happily moving along in my career as a makeup artist. I was uh, writing the education programs for cosmetic companies like Smashbox and Josie Marin and Temp2. And, um, you know, about 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago, I started to notice there was like this little shift in my ability. I, I mean, there was probably a lot of moments, but I had some very distinct moments. Like I was on set and I was doing models makeup and it was actually somebody I'd worked with you know, numerous times. And it was like, a, it was a simple look. It was something I should have been able to knock out like that. Like, you know, as a makeup artist, there's so many things I'm not good at, but that was the one thing I could do. Like I could look at your face. I immediately could see how I wanted to celebrate your features. And then just this, my arm and my hand were just very direct extension of my mind's eye. And, and I would just draw and play and make it happen. And I was on set that day and it wasn't happening that easily. And I was like, hmm, this is taking a long time. I couldn't figure it out. There was just a strange disconnect in my hand. And I ignored it. Um, and those kind of moments kept happening and I just kept ignoring it. And I probably could like for a couple reasons. One, because I probably just didn't want to, I didn't want to recognize something was terribly wrong. Um, two, because I had asked some medical professionals like what's going on and got a lot of, you're getting older, you should probably drink more water, you're taking your vitamins, you know, but, um, okay, probably not. So that could be it. And then because I was also doing education, I was kind of just unaware the kind of pivoting my career towards more of the education. Like if you called me for a job that was one model, uh, one, sh you know, one day shoot, one model, I would take it. But if you called me for fashion week, I, I wouldn't take it. Cause I knew mm -hmm. somehow without even quite recognizing what was happening, I knew something was off with my hand that I wasn't going to be able to manage it. And I ignored it for a long time. And then I guess it's almost six years ago now that sort of 
disconnected my hand started to affect my own ability to do my own makeup and I was like okay well clearly we can't we can't uh, ignore this um, and I ended up actually at the time I was um, I'd seen some doctors nothing was wrong nothing was wrong I was with a um, physical therapist who was out one day and her replacement was in and within a couple minutes she said to me I don't want to alarm you but I feel like something is wrong here and would you go see a neurologist and so when I went to that appointment in about two minutes he said I think you have Parkinson's and I was like, oh, okay. So like, how much do you think? Like if you were a betting, betting person, like one to 10, how, how confident? And he said, well, I'll give it, I'll give it like a nine. I was like, wow, okay. I was not expecting you to answer that, but clearly you really think I have Parkinson's. And so I, you know, I went and got the test and it was confirmed. And that was kind of the day that Guide Beauty was sort of born because I, you know, I always t I tell the story and, you know, because it's just such a distinct memory. My father was in the office with me when I got the diagnosis. He's a retired physician. And, you know, they came in and they told me the news and I was kind of quiet and they left. And he said, you know, honey, you kind of look like you, you blanked out a little bit there. You know, are you okay? Where did your mind go? And I, you know, I'm sure my mind went in like 50 million directions, but the truth is the most distinct that popped out is how am I going to continue doing my makeup? Like I had so moment, like I can, you know, I can do my hair once a week. I can, you know, a caftan and a cocktail rings an easy outfit. I can like, but makeup is a daily thing. And it wasn't just because it wasn't this sort of crazy vanity. And it wasn't even just because it was my livelihood. This was my career that was sort of at jeopardy. It's because this was my creative outlet. This is my passion. Yeah. This is the way I've connected with people my whole life. My, but these great friendships are formed. I mean, it's such a intimate moment when somebody sits in your chair and you are celebrating them. And so all of it so it kind of came flooding and I thought, all right, I can't lose this. And now I know I'm not crazy. Something really is wrong. So what am I going to do about it? And I ran home and started making prototypes initially for myself. Like, I, I'm going to get myself back in the game. I, I, I like, you know, I know the mechanics of good artistry. Um, I know what it feels like to be a makeup artist. Now I know what this disconnect feels like. I'm going to create something that's going to be the bridge between those two so I can do, so I can continue doing artistry. And at some point I came across a, um, it was a mascara model I was making. And I looked up at my husband and I was like, oh, honey, look at this. This is so easy. This is so much easier. Wouldn't have this been great if I had had this all those years for all those thousands of people who said, I wish there was an easier way. And I remember both of us looking at each other and realizing out of clearly not the best news in the world, something sort of beautiful was about to be born that I could make this bigger than, than just my own situation. Like this was, this was new life for me. And it was also giving me the opportunity to kind of create something that I had always wanted to do because I was in education. I always wanted to yeah. help people, right? Like, but I couldn't put myself in somebody else's shoes. I didn't know what it felt like not to be a makeup artist. Now mm -hmm. I know both sides. And so I thought, well, I, this was what was missing. So let me start sort of deconstructing the tools we use, the makeup we use, and then rebuild it from this unique lens. And I did that for a long time on my own and then realized I wanted to take it and needed to take it sort of next level. And we brought on a design team that specializes in human factors engineering and ergonomics. And we approached it through a design called um, universal design. And we didn't want to sacrifice form for function. So we knew it had to make makeup artistry easier for all. But I also wanted to, it to be beautiful, right? Like those two worlds should live together. I see a lot of times people try to make things maybe a little easier to use. And then the form kind of, kind of falls when that happens. So um, yeah, so three years later, <laughs> we have our guide eyeliner duo and the Guideline Lux Liner, which is just a whole new ergonomic way of holding a stabilizing, controlling application 
of the mascara, our lash wrap vegan mascara, our brow moment. And everything again is about softening up the hold in the hand, creating points of control and stability. So no matter who you are, whether you have Parkinson's like me, or you just need a little bit more control and stabilizing, maybe makeup artistry didn't come easily to you, or maybe you have, you're pretty good at it, but you just don't have a lot of time. You want a faster, quicker way. And that's kind of where we, where we approach it from. Um, and I think this universal design concept, you know, as I've sort of researched it and studied it, it's really such a beautiful way to approach design um, that I've become a little obsessed with it. And I like, now I research, <laughs> company, I research every company that does it, every product that does it, because at the end of the day, the theory is, and it works so beautifully, is that when you design, when you consider the needs of somebody who couldn't play in your world any other way, you create a product or a process that allows them to come and play and, and, and gives them that space to play, but it also makes it more enjoyable for everybody who already could, right? So like, yeah. why wouldn't you take that approach if you could? Uh, and so, so, yeah, so that's my long-winded version of, of how, how I got to where we are with Guide Beauty. No, it's fantastic. And I thought it, the reason why I was so, um, it resonated so strongly with me and I did a mini video on my Instagram, which people can check out, is because being a makeup artist and at the time not how, even having eyebrows, I used to draw my eyebrows every single day. And then I injured my eye, which triggered something going with me. And I could not use the tools that I was so accustomed to and the confidence I had in doing makeup to create the version of me that I lived in. So it wasn't even my work was affected. I could film onto these neon lights, which I have many, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just couldn't do it. And then I saw these and I've always been fascinated by the new designs that come out within beauty because often with makeup brands, they take what's there and tweak them. Yeah. They're never like a new concept or thinking about the ergonomics of a hand. And I think it's sometimes it's when people, creative people think creatively and logical people think logically, yeah. but you don't combine the two until there's some sort of incident that makes you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And yeah. it's fascinating. I just saw these beautiful emerald green, stunning. And it, they are just such, they're like jewels. They remind me of, um, you know, in like a medieval desk and you see like a feather and quill. Like yeah. I saw all of these beautiful, um, these, these amazing pictures. And I reached out to the brand and I thought, wow, this is just incredible. So what, why were they green? What was the inspiration behind the green color choice? I, I should tilt up um, my camera so you can see. I have a bit of an obsession with... Um, with green, with gold, with uh, jewel tones, anything. And also like 1970s, like Halston, Studio 54, sort of I think of the early 70s with those sort of, those kind of pops and those sort of rich tones. And so like my ceiling in my dining room is green, the chairs behind me are green. And I, can I, have gold, I have gold accents everywhere. So it was kind of a personal love that kind of went into that moment. Um, I just, yeah, it's, it's, and then I wanted that sort of soft sheen finish and so we actually custom we we flew to a lo special location to a special lab and custom created that that guide green color um, which is so much fun and I love although it does make things challenging because whenever we want to do something I can't be like oh just roll over you have to, to go the store down. <laughs> go yeah. up guide green they're like guide what that doesn't we don't have that so it's always not a <laughs> custom moment so my brilliant idea at the beginning might have made life harder for me but I don't care I'm still still think it's worth it <laughs> and the first product you did was the mascara wand with this additional holding yes. component on Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things we noticed is that, and, and started with mascara because, again, a lot of what we do, we're taking sort of, you know, these, these small sort of cylinder objects, right, and that require mm. you to grip sort of tightly. And yep. when you grip tightly, 
you lose a certain amount of fluidity and ease in movement, like a conductor, right? So you want a soft hold when you do things. The other thing is when you like, you know, when you watch any makeup artist or any person applying their makeup, you find, um, as with almost anything in life, people kind of look to self-accommodate. So you'll find people trying to find their own resting points to try to make the design work for them. So when we created, let's say, let's start with the mascara or the brow, knowing you're coming in, we wanted to free up the hand. So that's where the ring came in. So if you can free up the hand, now I have a softer ease of fluidity in motion. And then there's a beautiful thumb rest so that if you have control, this is already gives you more control and application. But if you're like me and your hand shakes, my hand is free to now steady and ground my hand for application. So what the moment I do that, whether I need to rest sort of on my chin or if I need to rest my thumb, that little moment right there with my hands free just gives me the control to get to the very last base where we want our, you know, our mascara to land and build up from there. Whereas if I had to sort of, you know, I don't want to get that close to my eye if my hand isn't rock steady. And you know, whose is really, right? Like we're kind of asking nice. a, lot of, a lot of techniques I find that create definition are those that really do require sort of surgeon level skills and are also are things that are very pointed or, or sort of maybe a little intimidating like a mascara brush or a pointed pencil tip. So if we could find ways to free up the hand and allow for that steady and grounding moment so you get more control, that would ease up the process and allow people to not just put it on their face, but also get the product where it needs to go and get the finished result they wanted to get, right? So there's one thing to like something being more comfortable in the hand, but it also has to, you have to be able to execute the technique and, and have it mm -hmm. look beautiful when you're finished. So that was the, the, the ring on our, on our mascara and our brow. And then we went on to the guide wand, which was a whole other moment. That, which is the eyeliner application, which this actually disassembles and there's replacements that come with the kit. And then you come with this beautiful, um, the pot, which has a gel, would you describe it as a gel or a cream? It's actually, it's a pressed cream. So it's almost like a kajal. Like we took a cream um, base and we, um, we hot pour it. And then mm -hmm. we press it extra tight because instead of coming in with a sort of a traditional brush where you want to pick up a lot of product and then taking mm -hmm. it off, we wanted to control how much product actually, because you want a thin layer on that applicator tip. So every motion is sort of this soft gliding instead of digging in, because you never want like sort of a, a if you don't want a, a chunk of product, you don't want a, a dollop, you just want to glide and just like a thin veil around the applicator is all you need. And then instead mm -hmm. of coming in horizontally, you're coming in vertically. And no matter how you hold it, so the higher you hold it, kind of the more control you get. But your resting point is your index finger on that little groove notch. And then you're always using this rounded edge to steady your hand. So I've got a soft hold. I can steady my hand before I ever touch my eye. And depending, I'll go, since I have lashes on, I'll go underneath. But I can now find my footing, tilt. And then now I never take that. I never take this off my cheek when I'm doing underneath the eye. So the whole time, whether I'm sort of gliding or just stamping that color in, I've got my hand steady and controlled. And then it's soft silicone-based tips, so it's more gentle as it, as it glides across the eye. You don't have to worry about sort of splaying wood or splaying bristles. You don't have to worry about keeping your pencil sharp because the sharpened edge, it's sort of this precision edge never dulls. But again, it's that soft that, uh, sort of silicone base so that it should be more comfortable across your eye. That, and it's fantastic and easy to clean as well. Yes, yeah, so easy to clean. That's one of my actually one of my 
favorites because you know even though we know we should i'm like i'll clean it tomorrow <laughs> yes <laughs> you just wipe and you're done it's a very clever thing because i think when a lot of people know how to use tools from drawing and writing so everything is facing away from them so when you then have to use your right hand to draw on the left side of your face you're at an angle that's completely it doesn't make sense for the vectors of your arms it's very tricky to do even for people that are confident with right. makeup so thinking about how you can manipulate your tools to actually work for those vectors is brilliant for anyone not just the people that need extra support with their hand grip but also because you can just apply things to difficult areas which i thought was fantastic and i've been trying to get my mom into it but she loves it so it's i i thought this was so genius and the thing i like about this tip as well is i could do like almost like more of a cull if i wanted to do like a cull like because you can almost imprint that way yes or, yeah i thought it was fab Thank you. I'm so thrilled you like it. I, you know, I think the, the fun part was that it was designed so that the user could adjust, could sort of use it in the way that's most comfortable for them, but that you should be able to create all sorts of looks. There's no sort of limits to what you can create. And it is true. Yeah. I feel like I talked to a lot of, you know, my, my makeup artist friends and, you know, in a lot of ways it is easier to do somebody else's face than your own. So, so yeah, that way, that, especially. That, that, so, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, obviously now I need this because my hand is not, you know, what it used to be. But even before, if it makes it feel better, if it makes it easier, then I'm all on board uh, either way, right? So, um, yeah, so I'm so thrilled that you like the, like the design and the green. I love them. <laughs> Thank They're you. fantastic. So another element to the brand is actually the clean element of the formula. So it's not just about the clever ergonomical, um, the look and the feel and what they do, but also what the product itself is. So what made you go to a clean direction? Because obviously a lot of people don't know. They think clean means something very specific, but it's a very different approach to making a formula. It is. So would you, what was their motivation behind that? I mean, there's a few, there's a few reasons. I think, um, you know, and, and it's so interesting right now because I think there's this awareness around clean, um, but there's also a lot of confusion around what clean means and everybody sort of is making their own definitions. And I, you know, certainly as somebody who has a health issue, I'm very aware of what I'm putting onto my skin. You know, it's the body's largest organ. What goes on, it goes in, in, into your body. But like, there's no, there's no reason to use something that is toxic. There's no reason to use something that is, um, you know, is, is questionable for our health. And so, um, you know, I think it was just important for me when we started that I was really, we were really aware of sort of the process our, our products were gonna go through and the ingredients and not only how they were sort of, how they affect the body independently, but it was interesting because we brought on our own um, chemist to help us in this process who specializes in clean beauty. Um, because what I learned through this process that I didn't know before is sometimes ingredients that are fine on their own, once they are combined, are no longer that great for you. Um, yeah. So <laughs> she was fantastic. She researched, you know, not just the U.S., but she researched uh, global standards and then researched every study that was ever done on every ingredient. <laughs> It took a moment, and so that that was important. And it's, it's always going to be an ever-growing, ever-changing process, right? Because we're still learning about everything we use. And and you know, I, I also want to be clear that I think that you know, I also don't want people to be afraid because sometimes I think people jump on ingredients and think, oh my, God, somebody said it over here, so it must be terrible. And it's not always the case, right? So like, I don't want to 
make people fearful just because a brand doesn't sort of specialize in clean doesn't mean there's anything wrong with their ingredients right no um, of course but, and even on top of that i think probably the most important to me to be honest is the is the cruelty free and and vegan yes uh, yes so i just um you know and and uh more power to everybody and however they want to go about things um but i definitely knew that there was i didn't have to do that there's no reason you have to do that so um i just feel i just want to feel good about the products that i'm using on every level and so that was kind of the the approach we took i just for me it was a deal breaker um that, yeah. uh, it makes total sense i think especially with the idea of something new is like that's where cosmetics should be heading towards i mean there are things that obviously everyone loves an old petroleum body lotion it could do wonders <laughs> <Right. with it. laughs> yeah i mean and i'm I, I mean i'm sure if you look through you know like my makeup vanity now there'd be something you'd pull out and, and might say is this really the ingredient you want to put on your face but you know what you pick and choose i probably shouldn't have cocktail yes. hours tonight either but i'm doing that so they're <laughs> so. working towards it right right so so we'll work towards it. But I think, you know, the, the better we can treat ourselves and certainly, you know, the more of us that do it, the easier it is to do. Because I also understand that sometimes people have all the best intentions, but they're limited because, you know, when you get out there with whatever funds you have to start up a company, it, it can be, you can hit roadblocks when you're trying to create something brand new or trying to do, take the, the, the path that's, you know, less taken. Uh, there aren't as many resources the costs of things go up. And so sometimes people just try to get out there and build themselves up so they can start taking a better path and continue on. So I also am like sensitive to, you know, I feel for a lot of brands as they are getting out there and realizing that they're working towards better. And so, you know, I also want to give those brands a, a break too, right? Sure, and there's still so much learning to do with plastics, like only 9% of recycled plastics actually gets recycled. So people, are, it's so unfair it's non-economical to do certain recycling techniques because it's not technologically there yet. We still need to work on the ideas to get it there. So everyone's moving in the right direction. Yeah, so yeah. with the brow gel, we have three shades yeah. and we have light, medium and dark. And then we have a black mascara and a black eyeliner. So are you working on new shades or new products? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Okay, so <laughs> definitely we got some new shades coming out of uh, the, uh, the pressed cream eyeliner. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, we've definitely been getting a lot of requests. So we're working on some new colors. You know, you should definitely soon expect to see something maybe in the brown world. We're playing with okay. blues, greens, emeralds, and um, oh, emerald is the green. Um, sort of a, a beautiful sort of plummy aubergine shade. Uh, we're, we're playing with a lot of new, new colors. So I'm not sure exactly when each will hit and how they're going to come. Because it, it does, again, going through this process and because it's a unique formula, and it has to pass all the, the clean vegan uh, standards. It takes us a little longer, but there's a few that are getting really close to being launched. Um, and then we actually have some new innovations in our guide lab as well happening. So um, some of the innovation in how we apply, you'll see some new things coming out this year as well. So we, we're, we're gonna keep at it. Cause I mean, the goal is I started with the eye because I felt like, you know, again, those are the things, those, those those uh, techniques and products that create definition, like eyeliner, brow, tend to be a little harder to use. So I wanted to do those first, but now I want to complete the eye. I want to do the whole face. So um, yeah, I'm not even remotely done. We're going to keep going. I can't wait. I can't wait. I was so excited when the brand RT started to come out in the yeah. public domain. And as soon as they came out and I saw you could use brushes in a different way, it challenged my way of thinking about makeup. And yeah. I think this is like the next step in seeing how many 
different types of products we can see that are made more ergonomical that could be made for people that struggle with the application yeah. is just amazing so i can't wait to see <laughs> Yay, i'm so excited yeah i'm, I'm excited artists i mean what a beautiful concept right that that and, yeah. and all of a sudden, sometimes you pick up something and when you see it it's like you it, you the aha moment of oh that makes so much sense when they launched that, those brushes uh, that made so much sense until you see it though it's like it, you know, it, it doesn't even occur to you that something could be so much better. Um, and so, That's yeah, right. let's do it. It's so much fun to watch. And I feel like there are just all these, um, I don't know if you're familiar, there's a, a designer, unfortunately, he passed away, but his name was August Velas Reyes. Um, mm -hmm. and he, um, I'm just, uh, he just had a beautiful way of looking at the world and looking at this type of design, universal design. And he called it, he said, we're surrounded by individual love stories, that every, every sort of object we pick up and use that makes our life better, there's so many of them you can sort of research back and they were created in a moment where somebody had a specific need and so and something unique was created for them and then we all get to benefit from it. I mean, he tells this really sweet story about um, a father who's in the 30s. A father goes to San Francisco um, with his daughter and they go to the soda fountain to get milkshakes and <laughs> they, sit at the, they sit at the counter and they get the milkshakes and she's a little girl and the milkshake gets put in front of each of them and all of a sudden he realizes that she's too tiny to drink out of the straw because at the time they only had straight straws okay. and, he, and so he ran home and he took a straw and he took a screwdriver and he put the screwdriver in the straw and then he wrapped dental floss around it and he pulled out the screwdriver uh, uh, the screw i should say and he created the bendable straw and he, it was like his love story to his daughter he wanted to be able to create something so he could go have that soda the soda found like milkshake moment but that <laughs> design that was created specifically for her became a design that we, like, we all use it, right? But like hospitals all of a sudden were like, oh, this is amazing. Our patients, yeah. hospital beds yeah. who, can't, who need to, to swallow their pills, now they can bend the straw. Like you look at it and you think, how could that not have always been a design? But it didn't pop up until the 30s because of a specific moment, because of a, of a love story between a dad and his daughter. And it made a design that we all get to benefit from. And so I love oh. like, so many great stories. So yeah, I'm hope, I, hope that, I hope that Guide Beauty gets to be those kind of that, that, those love <laughs> stories for everybody who ever wanted to pick up some makeup and just play. Um, so yeah, <laughs> he, he was great. The way he describes it is brilliant. There's so many good stories like that. So companies are out there doing it. I think you know, our industry is maybe a little, it's a, a, a little, it's a little newer for us, but I, I think yeah. it's just about awareness. And so the more of us that do it, the more of, of us there, there will be, right? That's right. And it's great that now the world has almost become smaller because different demographics have started blogging in the same platforms. So we can combine all our ideas from around the world. Like I remember you used to get Bioderma from Paris that was really, really cheap. And then you go to England and you have to go to Kensington. It was like 20 quid for the Bioderma, but three quid in Paris. And all this like, it's yeah. all coming together now. Everyone's combining their ideas. <laughs> That's right. We are, we are becoming, yeah, the world is shrinking. It's growing and shrinking at the same time. So we're all, yeah, yeah. playing in things more, which is awesome. I think it's just amazing. <laughs> Everyone is asking about price point and where to grab the products from. So where, sure. where's the best route? It's all available on the Guide Cosmetics Instagram. Yes, on our Instagram at Guide Beauty Cosmetics, or you can go to guidebeauty.com, uh, which is our website. Um, and so price points are, um, we have the Guide Eyeliner and the Guide Wand, which sells as a duo. So you get the cream pot and the wand, and that sells for 50 as a set. And that comes with the two replacement applicator tips. And that's and $50. That's $50, $50 US, yeah. And then our mascara and our brow is 
$6. And there's three shades, and the, my, I wear the medium brow. It's so nice, the brow. It's Thank my go-to. Thank you so much. Yeah, I normally wear medium. Today I decided to put on the dark. I felt a little, felt like going a little darker today. They're really, I feel like they are, um, you know, sort of, a, we, we pick the light, medium, dark, so you can sort of look at, you know, depending on, on what your mood is, but you can kind of look at the base of your hair and sort of determine that way if you wanted to go with a lighter, or medium, or a deeper tone. Um, mm -hmm. But I feel like they really sort of lend themselves to a wide range of, of uh, hair colors. Sure. I've got the height of a badger, so my brows are completely... <laughs> Do lally. I have to do. I have to draw them in thick and then lighten them up with something on top. But <laughs> I do the same. Well, they look beautiful. Whatever you're doing is working. You look stunning. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story and your beautiful products with me and my audience. And Aww. I just am so grateful you agreed to it. <laughs> I didn't thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you uh, that you asked. I was looking forward to this, and I really I really appreciate you playing with the product and all the lovely things you have to say. And yeah, just. Thanks for, thanks for, for, yeah, being a voice for, for inclusive beauty. Amazing. So we can see you on Instagram, the website, yeah. are there other social medias that we need to pay attention to? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I think that probably the key places to go to see us are if you hit our, our, our Instagram and on Facebook as well, but go to Guide Beauty Cosmetics Facebook. or again, uh, our website at guidebeauty.com. We also have um, our, 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 uh, our Guide Beauty customer service department, which is here for you at Guide Beauty. Um, we love it when you reach out. We do one-on-one -on -one tutorials if you need help. Um, so, you know, it is a, it is a, a whole new way to approach makeup. So we also want to make sure, you know, part of the reason we named the brand guide is because the tools and the makeup help guide the process. But with the education background, I want to make sure that people feel like we're help, here to help guide them. So you can also reach out to us at our customer service anytime because we, we like, you know, we just like playing the makeup. So, so we <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And we'll send love to you and your family at the moment. Hopefully when the world becomes more safer, we can one day be in the same place and I can say hi in person. I would love that. <laughs> I would absolutely love that. I will, I will hold you to it. <laughs> All right. Well, have a lovely evening and I will speak soon. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you would like to know about Guy Cosmetics, check out their website and check out their Instagram. They have all the information, but what a fascinating and fantastic story. Hopefully you're all doing well and I'll see you in the next episode.